When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is a podcast from BBC Studios, the commercial subsidiary of the BBC. You're listening to Season 3 of the TalentWorks Podcast, an interview series with digital talent brought to you by Helen O'Donnell and me, Brona Monaghan. Each week, Helen and I speak to the best in the business when it comes to digital talent. Here at BBC Studios, it's our job to discover and nurture the next generation of talent who've built their audiences online and are evolving and innovating the media landscape as we know it. Megan Jane Crabb, known online as Body Posy Panda, has over a million followers on Instagram, thanks to her unapologetic feminism and body positive activism. But the path to where Megan is today hasn't been an easy one. She has lived with anxiety and was diagnosed with anorexia nervosa at 14. After a long period of being at war with herself, Megan was able to embark on a recovery period through discovering the body positivity movement. She began to study the cultural messages that can cause harm and started to tell others about the alternative to self-loathing and punishment. She has a number one best-selling debut book, Body Positive Power, and a sold-out show, Never Say Diet Club, both of which have taught thousands of women how to stop dieting and make peace with their bodies for good. Here's our interview with Megan. This recording contains some strong language. Hi, Megan. Hi, hello. How are you today? I am feeling all kinds of emotions. How are you? I'm good. I just, I'm feeling very uh, reflective Mm -hmm. because we are recording this on the last day of our retreat with the BBC Writers Room. But we are really happy to have you on the podcast. Um, we've been hearing all of you uh, introduce yourselves all week. And I think that your intro is really interesting because you say, I do things on the internet. Um, <laughs> but it's actually really important things that you're doing on the internet. So can you tell us a little bit more about what those things are? Sure. So I do things on the internet that are around the theme and the topic of uh, body positivity, eating disorder recovery, mental health and feminism. So I started doing the things on the internet purely from a personal perspective of I have had these issues my entire life. I started to learn about them. I figured, hey, if I haven't known about this for my entire life, lots of other people probably don't either. Let's put them on the internet. And turns out other people didn't know about them. So I just started doing more and more uh, talking and videos and that evolved into into what it is now. So those are the things that I do and they have led to some beautiful places. Yeah. So what gave you the confidence to put the first piece of content out there? Definitely the fact that it was a community. So I talk a lot about um, the body positive community. When I found this information, it came in the form of a group of humans who were also just exploring it themselves. So it was this little little group on the internet, maybe a couple hundred people at most, all finding the same things at the same time and talking about them and encouraging each other. So we we used to interact every single day. We had a group page where we called ourselves uh, the Pizza Sisters for Life. And we set each other little challenges like 
if you're having a bad body image day, I challenge you to, to stand in front of the mirror and say one nice thing about yourself. You know, simple things, but it built that sense of there is always someone cheering you on and there is always something to go to, someone to go to, to explore ideas. Um, so that gave me the strength knowing that, although it was terrifying, which it, it bloody was, um, I was going to have people there to catch me, that safety net. And you also have a really... Uh warm and colorful persona and that comes across um it, i mean you are unicorn personified um and it comes across in your aesthetic online and i've also seen that you've described that as a trojan horse <laughs> what do you mean by that so this might be a proper dickhead thing to say but i feel like very often people underestimate me because they see cotton candy unicorn rainbow smiles um but that is useful because then i get let into spaces where that is what they're expecting and then i hit them with intersectional body positivity hierarchies and systems of power and feminist goodness and they don't expect it and you know thing is nine times out of ten unfortunately they will still try and water it down and they will still try and uh, cotton candy it that is a that is a thing that happens when I go into these spaces um, but I like to think that hopefully maybe I'm at least planting the seeds of the slightly more uh, radical I guess stuff and it's a real example of how messed up society is and how judgmental that we are particularly I'd say in in you know media industries that 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 superficial perspective that how someone looks is a reflection of their belief system um but no we've every every morning you come in and you're like lighting up the room we, we love it um i also want to talk about uh sort of you as a creative person um have you always felt creative i think this well in general on this retreat in particular have really taught me that I have been very scared to refer to myself as a creative um and that's interesting what would you <laughs> what would you have referred to yourself as lord I don't even know like <laughs> um I I have yeah I have definitely struggled with what to what to call myself um and not quite fitting I don't think what other people call me I get referred to as an influence a lot I think I'm kind of more than that obviously I, I wrote a book so technically I'm an author but I'm like I, I did that um it's, it's a really difficult thing. And I think that is something that often gets so lost in childhood. I was so immensely creative as a child, everything, no limitations. And particularly existing on the internet in the capacity that I do, it is so easy to be boxed and to box yourself into a one dimension. This is all you're about. This is all you create. Don't go outside of that. And actually, generally, audiences often don't like it when you do go outside of what they expect from you. Um, so that, that has been an interesting thing to navigate and I'm just now I think giving myself more of the permission to call myself a creative I guess to trust that there is value in what I want to create and explore a bit more. And would you have had any influences growing up in a creative sense an author or a tv presenter or a musician who would you say inspired you growing up? I have had and I am reconnecting with now the inspiration within my own family um so my my grandma she came to this country from jamaica when she was a child and she worked her butt off probably five times as hard as other people around her um being a black woman being a black woman with an, a jamaican accent um being a black woman with jamaican accent that, that doesn't come from a high background class-wise and she became um first of all the first black female magistrate 
in Britain. Second of all, she was awarded an OBE for her social work around single mothers. And third of all, which is the most interesting connected to this retreat, is that she was the first black actress on British television and it was the BBC who broadcast the production that she was in. And that's, yeah. So this feels kind of uh, weirdly, weirdly full circle for me uh, to be here. And um, she, I guess, and I've never really realized it until really recently, was a creative, a limitless creative with so many facets of what she wanted to do, what she could do. And at that time to even do more than one career path as, as the person that she was is absolutely outrageous. So I think she has been, although she, you know, she, she died when I was seven, I didn't really know her. I learned all these things about her after the fact, um, but she has been and now continues to be a great inspiration for me, along with Lizzo. <laughs> Let's not forget Lizzo. She's incredible. Yeah. I think that is one of the things that we're discovering more and more, um, particularly on these retreats, that what social media, for all its kind of negativity, we're all aware of, of what happens um, that's not so nice. But one of the positive things that we love about social media is that people are now becoming inspired by much more relatable stories and also stories that maybe weren't previously told can now be told because they don't need a platform to be commissioned on. So you're rediscovering um, your history. You're also discovering someone who may not be a TV presenter or uh, an actress on the other side of the world. It's someone who might live in the same borough as you that's doing amazing things. And, you know, there's lots of activists here today and they're making change through social media. So do you feel confident to call yourself a creative now? I think I'm going to create some more things <laughs> and then, then we can revisit. Um, and one of the questions that we also like to ask people is, are, is there a piece of work at the minute or a talent that's inspiring you? But I guess you've already covered that with Lizzo. But is there is there a is there a show or is there a book that you're loving at the minute or a podcast or? Um, I would say for a show, my current favorite show is probably Dear White People. Uh, I just find it so so unique so witty so quick um and incredible i think along with lizzo a person who constantly inspires me i mean there's lots of them here i would say rachel cargill who is an anti um anti-racism activist uh in the states she's doing absolutely incredible work online and offline so yeah, and Lizzo, and Lizzo, all these just empowered, deeply empowered women. <laughs> and Megan, tell us about the book that you brought out, uh, Body Positive Power. Tell us about that process and how that came about. So books for me were really integral in my own healing. It was one thing to find, you know, that community of people. And it was another to realize, holy shit, this is a whole topic. This is a legit topic that I can learn about that has been written about. And, you know, that um, the feminist wave of the early 90s, there were feminist writers in that, like Naomi. Wolf, um, like Susie Orbach, who were writing about body image and weight and feminism all tied up together is out there. So when I found that, I soaked up as much of it as I could. But there weren't many examples of it being translated to today outside maybe Jess Baker, who's a, a wonderful, wonderful writer and activist and advocate. There weren't that many. And so I kind of had always had this idea of maybe I could take all the information that I had learned that had helped me heal. Maybe I could update it. Maybe I could put it all together and put it out there. And then I happened to get an email from someone at Penguin, <laughs> uh, which obviously I thought was a joke. It wasn't. And um, started the process of, of writing a book, which took uh, nine months every single day. It probably took just as many days researching as it did writing because I wanted to back my shit up. I wanted it to be like bulletproof, essentially. So it is absolutely everything that I know. 
about why women in particular hate their bodies. Where has that come from? When did we learn it? And how do we unlearn it? How do we find a new way of seeing ourselves? So it covers diet culture, it covers eating disorders, it covers health and weight and, and fashion and food and, and all these things relating to body and how to build a more peaceful relationship with them. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And then you also have a very successful live show. Um, where did the idea for that come about? Oh, so my live show, it's uh, its called the Never Say Diet Club. And it is with my best friend who I have known since I was 10 years old, who also happens to be a wonderful, fat, positive, radical feminist. Uh, and it's essentially what happens um, when someone said to us, here's a stage, you get two hours, you can do literally anything, what would you like to do? And what has come out is, I would say it's a combination between a TED talk and a drag show uh, and musical theatre. So essentially, it's all the information that I, I, well, a lot of the information that is in my book around the reality of, of body image and body positivity mixed with costume changes, tons of them, glittery sparkles, giant musical numbers, a huge dance off at the end, spoof comedy videos and audience participation. So it is truly kind of, um, it, it's it's, ev- it's everything. It's everything we could possibly put in a show that's in a show. And I don't think there's anything like it. And it's very, very fun and very uplifting and empowering. And basically, if you don't feel better about yourself when you leave by the time you got there, then I just there's there's no way. There's no way. So that's yeah, that's the point. <laughs> Who came up with the show? Was it the two of you? Yeah, I think we um, she, she gave me a lot of the control because it's it's marketed as my show. Realistically, I could not do it without her. She is my like backbone in so many ways in in my entire life she's also my roommate and and my best friend and um but it was a very collaborative effort she uh she has a background in theater she she does stage production so she knew all of that side like how to actually go about that I have a background in in loving singing and dancing and acting also so that threw in there and it just all mashed together brilliant I was gonna say um did you have experience of live performances before that or was it was it scary do you not enjoy live performances oh my gosh it was um it's not something that I had done since I was a kid it was kind of my first love that is what I wanted to do I wanted to be on stages when I was a kid and I started doing that when I was like five but very like local productions I have an old tape somewhere of when I was Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz when I was 10 and it's fucking horrendous it's the most embarrassing thing to watch um and but that kind of died out when I was a teenager because it's one of those things that got lost in the I'm not good enough to do this so I won't do it anymore uh so to be able to bring that back felt very full circle in that it was reconnecting with one 
one of my first, first passions. Um, and it's the most fun that I have ever, ever had, I think, in my life. We did a tour. So we did a short tour. We did a week. We did six dates in seven days. And I was terrified, essentially, that my body would not hold up. My body, my vocal cords would not hold up because it was one day we woke up in um, Glasgow. We drove to Cardiff nine hours. We get to the theatre. You warm up. You do an hour long meet and greet where you meet 50 people. You do your makeup. You do a whole show. And then you go to bed and you do the same thing in the morning. And it is it's so physically hard for two people who aren't performers, but we got through it and it really kind of showed me that I this this body capable more than more than I thought she was. So yeah, I, I loved every minute of it. A lot of what we've spoken about in the retreat is that element of collaboration. So uh, yeah, working with people that you might not have thought of originally, drawing dots between places that you haven't thought and everyone bringing their own lived experience to the project. How have you found collaboration? Because it feels like you've already done quite a lot of projects with collaboration. Oh, no, I found it really hard. Did you? Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. over this week? Yes. Oh, well. And I've caught myself. <laughs> I feel like I've caught myself being a steamroller. I would refer to myself as a bit of a steamroller when it comes to... Um, group work you know I never I never liked it at school I was like everyone you can go home I will do the whole project myself it's fine um because of being a perfectionist and like being very all or nothing I'm just generally like my I'm gonna do it my way so this has been a challenge to kind of sit back and 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 listen and just because it's not necessarily the way that I would do it doesn't mean that it won't be the right way because there has been some amazing stuff come out of um the the people I've been working with that I probably wouldn't have, have given given um a chance so yeah it's been a challenge but it's been really fulfilling and we just uh we kind of just did a sort of wrap up there following the end of the tr the retreat and Megan the words that you spoke really um everyone felt it in the room it was quite an emotional moment um and I just kind of got the feeling that sort of maybe what your perception before the retreat is is com is a complete kind of 180 to sort of what you not how you now feel um I would love to sort of I would love to hear more about that what what was your perspective of maybe a, a sort of a mainstream like channel bringing you all together what what was your expectation well when i got the the email asking do you want to do this my first reaction and what i wrote back um was um i don't know sounds like it could just be four days of imposter syndrome not really sure that sounds like fun that was genuinely what i thought it would be and like don't get me wrong there have absolutely been there have been moments of that every single day i'm surrounded by outrageous people and yeah don't don't get me wrong there have been moments of that every single day because I'm surrounded by the most extraordinary people who have done such extraordinary things so there I've kind of been throughout having to like take myself away and be like pep talk pep talk call a friend pep talk um that, a little bit anyway but it has it has not been what I it has not been what I thought in that it has not been competitive. There has not been comparison. It has genuinely been the most supportive, creativity fostering environment that that could have ever existed. It's it's wild. How did you do? I can't believe you did this. This yeah, ridiculous. But I think we sort of. I mean, we probably see ourselves a lot in you guys because what what we what TalentWorks was set up as you know you don't know if it's going to work. We kind of go against the grain in terms of the way that that we work with talent. Um, but there is no rule book. People put processes in place because it gives them a sense of assurance. And okay, we kind of know what we're doing. But brilliant things only happen through 
tearing up the rule book. And I think you can't be like, um, you can't be something that you can't see, which I know is not my quote at all. It's a very famous quote, but it's true. The TV industry likes to complicate things. So if you don't understand how to get through the door or who to contact or how to even format an idea, well, that's, that's putting up a barrier. So what's interesting is just blurring lines in terms of it's really inspiring when you talk about how you created your book versus how you create your live show versus how you create an Instagram picture. But it's it's your talent voice over them that's interesting. It's not sometimes the medium. So what's great is just to break down a little barrier of the media industry and sort of get more people in (laughs) and see what you would do with them. with the media industry. So the session that we've just done was around pitching podcast ideas. And it's great to say, right, this, let me tell you a little bit about podcasts. And then actually, let's get fresh minds on it. And what would you say would be one of the main takeaways from the retreat? One of the main takeaways, I think, um, that you're a creative person. That, yeah. And generally, like within that, that every idea is worth giving the time of day I'm such a like I I could I have an idea but my immediate reaction is all the reasons this won't work all the ways other people will tear this down all the ways the internet won't like this straight away straight off before I've even fostered it before I've given it any kind of a chance so just allowing myself to give the time of day to these ideas and just develop them a little bit or talk to another human being about them or something because they could be something and you know what if I'm not going to make them something someone else is probably going to make them something so I might as well that's so true so for anyone that's listening that maybe doesn't uh follow you at the minute or can't see your work where can they go to find that they can find me at body posy panda at just about everywhere amazing thank you so much for chatting to us Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the TalentWorks podcast. For more interviews like these, click the subscribe button and you'll be notified when our next conversation goes live. Or you can follow us on Instagram at BBC Studios TalentWorks. See you next time. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 